welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. My name is Infinity Bro Isaac, I'm going to be your host tonight, and I have just one other Infinity Bro with me, but it's one that I'd rather be with out of all of the other Infinity Bros. It's Infinity Bro Jarrett. Stop it. Stop it, you're making me blush. <laughs> Knock it off. Jarrett, I feel like there's like three teams in the Infinity Bros, and I feel like me and you are a team. Yeah, absolutely. Because Max and Mark are definitely a team. Yep. And then Zane and Robbie like have been best friends since they went to college together. So I feel like I feel like we're the last team that is just like assembled together by default. Right. But <laughs> even even so, even though we're the default team, I feel like we make a pretty good team. And so. we're the we're the OGs of Second Main, which is a reference only That's probably true. one That's other true. person yeah. listening. Yeah, nobody to will get that reference at all unless you went to Crown from right. what twenty eleven to twenty thirteen <laughs> right. or whatever it is. <laughs> so there you go. There's your deep cut reference. Um, but for everybody who does not get that reference, welcome to the Infinity Bros. We're a group of six guys who have a podcast to talk about nerdy stuff. Obviously, you're listening to this episode, uh, but we also stream on Twitch. Um, you can follow us at at twitch.tv slash the underscore infinity underscore bros and check out our YouTube, our other socials by going to theinfinitybros.com where you can listen to our podcasts. You can watch our live streams. You can also check out some sweet articles written by Jarrett, myself, and other um, Infinity Bros and a ton of guest writers. So lots of cool stuff to check out at theinfinitybros.com. So make sure you do that. Jarrett, we're here to talk about one thing today. Yes, absolutely. And it is Boba Fett, Episode 5. Because, as we mentioned prior to certain recording, we could probably talk about this episode for hours. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much crap packed into this episode. So, <laughs> we need to start talking about it ASAP in this podcast. Mm -hmm. So, before we do that, we want to make sure you know how we rate things on the Infinity Bros podcast. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible, and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an Infinity Snap. Now that you know that, you also need to know that we will be spoiling the heck out of Boba Fett. Probably all the episodes, so if you haven't seen any of Boba Fett, make sure you go click pause on this episode and go watch all of those. You could binge them all at this point. There's five episodes now, but this latest episode, if we're being completely honest, you could probably watch episode five without watching the first four episodes. You need zero context. <laughs> yeah. You don't really need to know anything about the first four episodes of Boba Fett before watching this one, except you should probably watch the Mandalorian. So, you know, um, up to this point, I think most people have seen The Mandalorian, but yeah. So anyways, we will give you a spoiler warning for uh, the book of Boba Fett. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. <laughs> warning. So now that those are out of the way, Jarrett, we're just going to dive right into it. Wasn't this the most mind-blowing, like, Star Wars episode of TV that we've had for a very long time? <laughs> this is buck wild. So I, I've heard somebody compare it to 
um, the end of the last season of The Mandalorian, which was just like an absolute treat of everything we could ask for. The, the difference between that and this is we knew something was going to happen then. For this one, it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, um, out of it thin was, air. It was like peak Star Wars. Um, yeah, man, buck wild. I think we, we, we've talked about it before. We talked about it ad nauseum when uh, we were talking about The Mandalorian. But Bryce Dallas Howard, oh my gosh, give her her own TV series. This woman is knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She needs something Star Wars because she, yeah, again, she, her, did she do a couple episodes of the Mandalorian? Did yeah, she, she just did do a, one. I think she did a few. I feel like she did a couple, but the episodes that she directed in the Mandalorian and this episode of Boba Fett are fantastic. My wife is trying to make me laugh right now. Beside me. Apparently working. Um, <laughs> it hi, is Holly. working. Jared says hi. Hi, Jared. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, she definitely deserves to direct something because, I mean, whether it's a movie or her own TV show, you know, something, she has done a fantastic job of directing and these couple episodes of Star Wars. I feel like, too, and, and this is just me because I don't know celebrities super well. I, like, I knew who she was because Jurassic World, but, like, I had no idea she directed before oh, yeah. The Mandalorian. Like, I don't know how she got the gig for directing in The Mandalorian, but, like, she killed it. So I guess she's a really good director. Like, I feel like she just came out of nowhere as a director. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't remember anything else that she's directed. So, but that was just wild. I was like, oh, okay, She sure. must have done something to make an impression on Jon Favreau because I remember watching the documentary. They have, Disney Plus does this thing where, they pull you behind the scenes and go through different aspects of how these shows are made. And I remember in specific when he was talking about directing, he picked like his dream team, him and Dave Filoni picked his dream team of like who they want directing each episode. And she was on the short list. And so I don't know what she had worked on before or what impression she left on him, but um, it, we see why now, right? Like absolutely. she knows what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they, I mean, they killed it in choosing her to direct uh, those episodes in the Mandalorian and this episode. So man, we are, we're getting fed as star Wars fans with this episode, especially, but with all the content that's going to be coming out this year, we're getting Ahsoka potentially towards the end of the year and Obi-Wan later this spring. I think even they were saying like end of March, potentially we could be getting Obi-Wan. I don't even think they've released a date on that yet, but it's coming soon, so wild, wild stuff. So anyways, diving back into Boba Fett, episode five. So we know th episodes three and four we haven't actually reviewed on the Infinity Bros podcast, but we'll be making some references to them. At the end of episode four, we get the Mandalorian theme music. So we know that Mando Din Djarin was going to be in episode five. To what extent we absolutely got smashed across the face yeah. <laughs> like boba fett is not in this episode at all zero boba <laughs> fett. at all zero he's not in the episode fedek shand shows up at the very end like maybe 20 seconds of screen time the rest of the episode is all the mandalorian it's all dingerin which is i mean fantastic like yeah we're all excited to see the Mandalorian. I don't, I don't think anybody was not excited to see him in Book of Boba Fett, but it was just 
crazy that he got his own episode. Um, what did you What did you feel about that when you when you heard that? Because I, me personally, I have enjoyed the direction they're taking Boba Fett, and I, I know it's been kind of contentious, especially among the Infinity Bros. But like, definitely on the internet too. Like, some people just are not enjoying it as much as they feel like they should. Um, but I've, I've enjoyed the direction they're taking it. And then I feel like this one just like pivoted 180 and they're like, boom. All right, <laughs> you're up, you're up Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So what do you feel about this Jared? Oh, man. So book, book of Boba Fett. I don't want to be one of those star Wars fans that like just trashes on everything, but it, it was not what I expected and not in a good way. Like Mandalorian was. So we're getting some lore. Sorry, we're getting some references. We obviously like you guys know I'm a big Doctor Afro fan. Seeing Black uh, Carson Tan is fantastic, um, and some of the backstory stuff with Boba is great. But then you have like the world's worst action scenes, which is something that the Mandalorian did so well <laughs> that when you step into this, it's been so hot. Gar- like we talked about it beforehand, but the chase scene—they're going like 15 miles per hour. And the whole time, Boba's just up there, like, floating around with his jetpack. And then you think back to the first episode where he gets jumped by all those idiots with shields. And you're like, okay, you have one of the world's deadliest bounty hunters. You have one of the world's deadliest assassins. One of them has a jetpack and, and yeah, whistling and these birds. these are all just, like, random cronies, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, sure, sure, they're probably, like, deadly, right. but, like, none of them are important. Boba you know, could so. fly in the air and, you know, whistling birds. And- <laughs> So anyways, this season has been like the most lukewarm cup of tea I've ever had. It's it's not great, but it's not the worst. (laughs) And so I just keep drinking it. However, (laughs) they pivoted so hard with this. And just spoiler for what we're going to talk about for the rest of this. I love this episode. And this is the problem right now. My favorite episode of the Book of Boba Fett has zero Boba Fett in it. Yeah, right. And I mean, I'm on that boat too. Like I, I've been enjoying Boba Fett. I like the direction they were going. This is still by far my favorite episode of book of Boba Fett. Like I, you can't really deny it with how much star Wars they just crammed into this episode and gave us, you know, whatever it is like 50 minutes of just pure, pure star Wars, just injecting it into our veins. Um, And yeah, so Man, there's there's so much to say about this episode. We'll get into it a little bit. First thing, I mean, was the return of Dinjarin. We get into this like off-world, um, really cool off-world. It's like a Halo ring, which is sweet, um, like space station type of thing. Yeah. And Dinjarin is going around doing his bounty hunting thing. He he shows up in this like old meat locker place and <laughs> he whips out the dark saber like. Talk about, first of all, talk about, like, okay, he enters. That was, like, surprise number one. We're like, whoa, we're starting out with, with Dinjarin. Like, we're starting out with the Mandalorian. This is awesome. And then, all of a sudden, he's just like, oh, yeah, I brought the Darksaber with me, and now I'm using it, too. <laughs> like, that was a huge shocker. Like, I was expecting him to be in the episode, but I did not think he was going to be whipping this bad boy out and just It's like two seconds into the, up. yeah. <laughs> like what is going on and he and he literally is just like just taking every oh just gosh. mowing these guys it's down. so aggressive like, i loved it it's wild i was like 
yeah okay all right here we go (laughs) and in his defense like he warned them he's like all right i mean we can do this if you want but as in his you know usual style like i'll bring you in warm or i'll bring you in cold it's your choice but he whips out the dark saber uh later in the episode we get some crazy crazy mandalorian lore that we i mean we've we've gotten bits and pieces of mandalorian lore from clone wars from rebels and very very little bit in mandalorian not like a ton but all of a sudden they slap us across the face she basically gives us like a history lesson on mandalorian like a mandalore basically um what was and and this is the um, the armorer i'm talking about forgive me i forgot to mention she was the one that is like telling mandalorian like this is what's going on like the she's like basically teaching uh mando how to use the dark saber and she goes through so much stuff like again another slap in the face um what is your like perspective on mandalorian like lore through star wars jared i know you've seen both uh clone wars and and rebels but how how much do you want to see of mandalore i think it's one of those things that they they teased us with for a while and then we got the phenomenal last season of clone wars which paid off quite a bit of this i think this confirmed a lot of suspicions or at least like hinted at a lot of suspicions that we had so um in Gosh, I can't remember if it was season one or season two um, when he meets Bo-Katan for the first time and he is shocked that she takes off her helmet and she basically tells him like, no, you're you're a child of the watch. You're part of this cult. And all of us are like, oh, my gosh, she's part of the Death Watch or the Remnant or whatever they are. And um, she all but confirms that in the way that she's talking about this. And and we've speculated for a while. She has the horns. The armor has the horns on her helmet. Um, which is reminiscent of the Death Watch, which sided with Darth Maul. Um, And so, like, she really just lays this all out on the table and says, listen, there was these two factions, those of us who believed in the way, and then those of us that were, uh, that sided with Bo-Katan. And everything that happened to Mandalore was Bo-Katan's fault, ultimately, is what she's saying. So, yeah, Yeah. it's so much perspective here. Interesting to touch on that, like, very 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 interesting part was i mean there's like a lot of holes in what we know about mandalorian mandalorians uh sorry hold on it's tea time still still trolling me right now uh so cheers something that they confirmed that was like very very interesting because like one of the things about the dark saber that everybody talks about that is into like you know we're super nerds so like obviously we're saying everybody's talking about this this is not something that like the general public is talking about my grandpa's not talking about this right (laughs) he's not talking about the dark saber (laughs) but like the dark saber needs to be one in combat and they actually mentioned that straight up they're like because in rebels um, Sabine Ren gives the lightsaber or the dark saber to um, Bo Katan, and a lot of people are like, "How does that work? Like, how is she the rightful owner of the dark saber if she didn't win it in combat?" And she literally, the armor literally says, "Like, she didn't win it rightfully, and that's why Mandalore fell." Basically, is what she was kind of getting at. So that was like, "Oh wow, okay." So we're taking all the molds of mandalore that we know of and she's just like filling in the holes and the gaps like wherever we don't know anything about it which was awesome 
You know so how like just, we, yeah. we always talk about this on the podcast, how probably Mark and several others on the podcast have these big walls with, you know, the yarn going all sorts of places. Like <laughs> this a, is that's us right. Yeah. Now. But like I want to see Dave Filoni's house. Because I guarantee oh every gosh. surface of this house is just covered Absolutely. with like yeah, the ramblings Absolutely. of a madman. <laughs> For real, dude. It's wild like how he's able to make these these deep Star Wars connections and, and we'll, you know, keep going into them as we as we move on. But another one of those Darksaber connections that we pull out from Rebels is that he's he's struggling to control the Darksaber. And he mentions that it's heavy and they talk about that like exclusively in man or in rebels, like Sabine has the dark saber and she is struggling to use it because it's, it's heavy to her and she's like fighting it as, as she says. And, and that's what Din is doing in, in the book of Boba Fett as well. So he's like fighting against it and she's like, you got to give it up and, and lean into it. So that was a really cool callback to, to rebels as well. Yeah, there's man, just so much cool stuff. And I think one of my favorite sh like cinematic shots from this whole show was, I think, I don't remember if it was the first time. No, I think it was actually the duel. Um, they're in kind of that darker area and Din lights up the dark saber and it just like makes his armor like glow with oh, yeah. like the white of the dark saber. And it was like, whoo, that was a, fire was shot right there that got me like blood pumping that was awesome so cool and i don't I, know I if like there's like that on social media repeat and it's ooh, it's amazing yeah i i don't know if there's like an in fiction explanation for why every other mandalorian has their armor like dyed some color right like yeah, but his is just pure beskar but cinematically right. you know him as like the knight in shining armor and all this oh right it, looks it so works good. so well yeah it it's fantastic so well. And like, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point, actually, because, I mean, we see a lot. We there's we don't see a lot of Mandalorians for one. Uh, Bo-Katan and her crew are all blue, probably just like representing their faction. Sabine is like she, you know, paints her armor right. continuously throughout the Rebels series just because she's an artist and that's what she does. But that is that's a really good point. I, I never even thought of that, but yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't bother with that stuff. He's like, I don't, you know, I'm just going to go kill some peeps. So I don't need all that fancy stuff. <laughs> we, that's a, that's a good point though. We saw this for a split second and there's been a theory that's been out there for a while, um, that they're making that he's eventually going to make like Mandalorian armor for Grogu. And <laughs> obviously like now they're doing it with the, with the remnants of the spear and I'm just thinking, like, the logistics of what that would look like, because every version <laughs> yeah, of this really. looks so dumb in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, very curious to find out, like, what the heck right. she's actually <laughs> making. Because, I mean, the, we saw her kind of craft some, like, links or, mm -hmm. like, chain links or something. So yeah. I've seen a bunch of people, like, say it's going to be some kind of, like, chain link, you know, male or whatever you want to call it like, armor, like, like i don't know i don't man. know like what what else do you make for a dude that's like yay high right. you know like <laughs> With ears that stick out yeah. <laughs> yeah how do you i mean you're you gotta make like a hole in the helmet yep. for the ears and <laughs> oh you know it's gonna be wild looking but a helmet actually would be <laughs> would be pretty sick mandalorian helmet for grogu oh, please ears. let that be it that's why it'd be amazing 
Uh, so yeah, and then as we're talking about, um, Din mentions that he's got to go get Grogu. So that's like potentially the next step that we're that we're going to in B- Book of Boba Fett. But before we go all the way to the end of the episode, um, let's go back to that scene again. So we're in the armorer's like headquarters or whatever, and we have actually a a Vizsla heir. I think his name is Pat Pat Vizsla, um, who is in there and he's like my ancestor is the rightful heir to mandalore like i'll do duel you for that like right here and now and that was pretty cool to see that go down especially since pat is this big hulking dude he's like he's significantly bigger than than mando is. so so it's like oh boy like and din din has struggles against him like i would it seemed like for a few minutes there that he might actually lose that dark saber. So that was, yeah, that was pretty cool to see though. Uh, just the interactions between all the, the Mandalorians has been so cool to see as a star Wars fan. Like it, we're getting, and you know, we, we see all the different pieces of it through novels and video games and, you know, movies, TV shows, all that stuff to see it all come together and like finally be fitting into the, um, star wars universe as like a canon canonical like storyline is just so cool to see um and last thing i'll mention of that scene is that the armor mentions night of a thousand tears which is like basically the big fall of mandalore which we all kind of know about but we don't know about like we know what happened but we don't really know the details about everything so you know maybe we get more details about that in the future which would be sick like mandalorian season three maybe he goes back to i don't know concord claim mandalore and like get all the remaining mandalorians back there or something like that'd be pretty sweet um i love that they directors do this quite often where they put themselves into the series or into the video or wherever and you see guys like taika watiti taika watiti when he was in ragnarok said like Give me the most lovable rock boy ever. I just want like the crowd to love me. I want to be a goofball with this. I just want to have fun. And then you have John Favre, so who's like, I want to be the biggest jerk, like the biggest a-hole I could possibly <laughs> yeah, imagine. For real. It's so good. Yeah, that is great. I actually didn't know that until I just looked that up before this podcast, that he's the the voice of of Pat Vizsla. Yeah, it's clearly like know that. that dude's huge. And I'm not that John Favre isn't like a big tough guy, but that dude's like mm. ridiculously huge. But yeah, he does he's the big, voice for he's sure. He's a big boy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and like, I'm if I were a director, I would be inserting myself into movies Absolutely. all the time. So I, I love that John Favreau and Taika Waititi are are doing that. That's that's amazing. Yeah. So, anyways, moving on. There's a lot to discuss in this episode. So, like, hey, if we miss something or we gloss over something that you want to talk about more. Um, make sure you add us at Twitter on Twitter or join our discord server and we can chat about this more. Cause again, there's a ton to go over in this episode and we're not going to get around to it all. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So Mando decides, um, he's got to get a ship. So he goes back to Tatooine to, uh, what's her name again? Gosh, I, I always forget her name. The, the chick that is making his, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I have it pulled up somewhere. Uh, uh, Pelimato. Pelimato. Amy Sedaris. Okay, so before we get into the rest of the scene, 
does she not do it for you? Because she doesn't do it for me. That's so like, funny. I, she like, I don't know. There's something about her, and I don't think it's the actor's actress's fault. Like, they wrote her so weird, and I just she's does seems like she doesn't fit in the Star Wars universe or whatever. So, so like I we have, come up here and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I like her a lot, and here's the reason. Um, when I was a kid, I lived in this small town in Idaho, and my dad worked at a gas station. He was a mechanic. And I remember there was a lady, I don't know if she worked there or if I just saw her all the time, who was this lady, like exactly, just would say like the <laughs> weirdest stuff, had this same personality. And so to me, she's so endearing because she reminds me of this random woman from my childhood whose name I don't remember. But yeah, no, <laughs> they do go like way over That's... the top with her trying to be like the comedic, you know, break from everything. Yeah, especially and it just her whole line about dating Jawas and they're way too fuzzy and all this. <laughs> it just, just doesn't weird. work yeah. for me, dude. Like it doesn't like break the episode for me, but like it's just one of those things that I kind of just roll my eyes at and just like keep watching type yeah. of thing. But yeah, that <laughs> I don't know. Every time I see her now, this I feel like even like I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of her in the Mandalorian, but like in this episode, I feel like they dialed her up yeah. even her personality extra. or whatever. Yeah. Like it was definitely extra in this episode. But she she led to some very important plot points. So, you know, I'll give it to her. First thing we see on Tatooine got me so pumped out of my mind. Like this is probably my favorite thing about this episode. We see BD-1 from Jedi Fallen Order, and she calls him BD. Um, so potentially it could be another BD droid because BD is the class of droids. But the fact that it's the exact same BD-looking droid as Jedi Fallen Order had me going nuts. Like the fact that they're, again, bringing all these corners of the Star Wars universe together in this was just... Uh, chef's kiss like yep. oh it was so awesome and then it got me like totally theorizing and if you guys check out our tiktok i put up a tiktok about this cal kestis <laughs> in the timeline is about 40 years old right yeah now. man like he could legitimately show up probably i doesn't make sense in boba fett but like he could legitimately show up in mandalorian season three Ahsoka or Obi-Wan. Like, he could be a legitimate character. Who do you cast and Cameron Monaghan would absolutely be down for that, I think. You so. think, like, just making him look older? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not hard to make people look older sure. with uh, with even just the practical effects, but, like, with special effects nowadays, that's that's nothing. He could yeah. absolutely look a little bit older. And 40, you could be, you could be a young-looking 40-year-old, you know, like... Yeah. I'm almost 30, and I look like I'm 12, so... <laughs> Jarrett's over here yeah. still still looking like he's in high school. So, uh, yeah, definitely that would be amazing. But it got me like it got my mind racing when I when I saw BD. So really, really cool reference. But in, in the scope of Boba Fett, probably not significant other than the fact that maybe Cal Kestis is out there somewhere. Sure. Cool cameo. So cool cameo. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you've you've played Jedi Fallen Order, right? I have not. I lived vicariously through you and Robbie. Yeah, that's right. You did watch <laughs> me like stream most of it. You watched me like struggle against uh, Taron Malikos and every you know, single take time, an like hour and a half to beat him. <laughs> it was it was like this. I would be in the middle of something super important, like 
Like literally, sometimes it was like I'm cooking dinner and I drop everything. And be like, oh, he's playing Ball and Order. I gotta watch this. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, another plug for our Twitch channel. Make sure you check that out. We we stream really really important games, and if Isaac is streaming them, he's really bad at them. So sometimes it's fun to watch. So it's fantastic to watch. <laughs> good times, good times. But yeah, Jedi Fallen Order is a fantastic game, and they, I don't know, like since Disney has bought um star wars like you can you can make an argument that they've produced some things that are you know fan service at best yeah which is which is true but one thing they have done a wonderful job of is just bringing the star wars universe together because up until disney bought them it was kind of just like everybody that had rights to star wars was just doing their own thing um yeah everybody was just like video games are like going off doing whatever they felt like novels people were writing literally whatever they felt like writing and now now there's kind of like a cohesive universe and you're starting to see that through some of these shows so yeah kudos to Filoni or whoever's idea was to throw BD in there because that was again one of the best parts of the episode to me so and then number, I refused to play that game on principle because I was so mad at them for canning thirteen thirteen, the the Star oh, Wars project. That's true, forever. dude. That's and then, true. And just think, just think of thirteen thirteen. So for those of you guys who aren't massive Star Wars nerds like Jared and I, thirteen thirteen is a like full scale like RPG with centered around Boba Fett. Like Boba Fett was the main character of this and he was going to be like delving into the underworld of Coruscant and like it was like bounty hunter total diving into that and that would have been incredible. And actually some like little teeny bit of nerd news here. There was like a little 40 second clip of gameplay from that that's resurfaced like this past maybe a week ago or something like that. And it just looked so good, man. Yeah, we got robbed for sure that that's that that is not a thing anymore. So, yeah, the production of that got canceled. So we will never see that, unfortunately. But just think if they had produced that, like that could have altered the direction of this whole show. You know, like that would have been that would have been just completely wild. Um, Yeah, but. There you go. Now, there's uh, Jarrett and I nerding out about about Star Wars for a few minutes there. Um, anyways, number two important thing that uh, Peli Mato introduces is the Naboo Starfighter. Wow. Like, we're we're diving deep into these Star Wars references, but that's another moment when she when she uncovered it that I was like, what? This is so cool. Like, I cannot believe like this. Obviously, it's like a stretch to say that this was like Anakin's <laughs> Naboo Starfighter or something like that. But like, you can imagine that. What if this was Anakin's Naboo Starfighter? Like, so cool to think about. And um, man, just when she pulls off the tarp, reveals it and it's obviously a piece of junk at this point like she she they need to do a ton of work to it Jarrett, like were you as nerding out as i was in this moment i went buck wild so i this was the hype this was the peak of star wars hype for me was when i was a little kid and phantom menace came out 
And at that point, I had watched the original trilogy probably more times than, you know, anybody on Earth. Because <laughs> my dad would play them on repeat. And so, like, the nostalgia of Phantom Menace will always top anything else for me. Because it's the first Star Wars I ever saw in theater. And so when she pulled off that cover, I was like, I, my heart was singing, man. I used to play the, the old Star Wars trading card game. And one of my favorite cards oh, wow. was a Naboo Starfighter. And so, oh, yeah, man. Oh, it's so cool. And the fact that it's all, like, beat up and shiny like a hot rod was just, yeah, oh, chef's kiss. So cool. Chef's kiss, dude. Yeah, so they whip that out. And first thing that I thought was, like, initially, like, how how is this Mandalorian with all his armor going to fit in that cockpit? That's in, Initially, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, I don't, I don't think this is going to work out. I, I think he's probably going to reject this. But... She convinces him that it's it's legit. Um, they fix it up, and he takes it out for a spin, and then this is another mind-blowing moment. He takes it out on the pod racing track through Beggar's Canyon. Like, I, I kind of like, when I was watching the episode, I was like, this has got to be the pod racing track. Like it looks so familiar. Like it, it and then when he like flipped sideways and went yeah. into Beggar's Canyon, I was like, this "Yes, is it. are yeah. you kidding me? This is it. This is amazing." And then something later that I didn't even catch. Uh, I was texting Infinity Bros Zane that night because both him and I watched the shows at like two a.m. when they drop. Um, I was texting him after he watched it, and I was like, "Dude, that was sick!" And he was like, "Dude, did you notice that?" Like the rails that Anakin broke were still there in one of the shots. Like there's yeah, a ramp the in episode that, one. Yep. Yeah. So he like, so Boba forces him onto the like service ramp or whatever they call it. He like shatters this like guardrail or something. And then he, you know, shoots off, off the jump. But the debris from this, from the rail is still there at the bottom of the, at the bottom of the ramp. It was so such a great callback. That was so cool. And I didn't even notice that. But afterwards, I was like, wow. Like, the thought and care that these guys are putting into this is just top-notch. Like, we're, we are, again, we've mentioned it, but we are eating very well as Star Wars fans right now. Um, so, Jarrett, with all this nostalgia that we have, I know you and I are yes. eating it up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that it hurts the actual storyline of everything that's going on? Do you think in Mandalorian that was a problem? Do you think in Boba Fett that's a problem? Because one of our good friends, Scott Higa, um, anytime anybody brings up either of these shows, he's like, boom, nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. That's what they're doing yeah. to you. They're just making you play on your nostalgia, which is not wrong. That's not wrong, by the way. But... Do you think that's hurting these shows? Do you think they're not great shows, but they're only playing on the nostalgia? Or do you think they're doing a pretty good job with the storytelling as well? So this is sort of my, this is how I gauge and measure things, right? Nostalgia is powerful and we know that, but in the, in the wake of all these remakes and reboots and sequels and all these things, if you notice most of them tend to fall flat or they just don't feel right, and I think part of that is I go back and watch old series or old, old movies that I love from my childhood all the time with my boys, and they never hold up as much as I thought they did. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the best movie ever. And then you watch it, and you're like, uh. 
And I think we have such rose-colored glasses when it comes to anything nostalgic that most of the time it's not done well. So when I look at something like Mandalorian, and, and I'm going to say Mandalorian because Book of Boba Fett isn't doing it as much for me right now. <laughs> but Mandalorian is not only like hitting on the nostalgia beats, but it's also delivering a good story and a well-directed piece. If my wife, right. who has no connection to Star Wars whatsoever, can enjoy this series, then they're doing something right. Because she has no connection, no nostalgia for any of this stuff. That's true. So yeah, I would say it's it's both. It is nostalgia and good story. Mm-hmm. And I I think you're right, though. Like, I think Mandalorian did it very well. Boba Fett is not doing it as well because I think that's partially because we haven't seen the whole show yet. So I don't know what's happening in the scope of, you know, Boba Fett. But the first four episodes were it was a lot of Star Wars nostalgia and it was lore and we couldn't really see the direction that they're going, which is kind of why people are losing interest a little bit, I think, in, in Boba Fett. But that absolutely did not happen in Mandalorian. I think they did an um, incredible job of kind of getting away from the typical Star Wars like formula and like kind of doing their own thing while still throwing in like Easter eggs and callbacks to, you know, other Star Wars lore and and cool little things just for the fans. There's a there's a thing in in entertainment is, you know, it's show don't tell, right? And I think this is the problem between Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian. We're told multiple times that Boba Fett is one of the deadliest bounty hunters in the galaxy, right? He is the guy. And then we don't see it, right? Like when he's in the fight with Black Kersentan, we see this like millennial moped biker gang uh, do more work in this fight than he does. And then Mandalorian has this scene at the beginning of this episode where he just absolutely wrecks this slaughterhouse. Okay, so the thing that Boba Fett hasn't been doing as well compared to Mandalorian, is they talk about show, not tell, right? So Boba Fett, we're told that he's like the most powerful bounty hunter in the galaxy. He's one of the deadliest men alive. Uh, That the reason the clones are so effective is because of who Jango Fett was and who Boba Fett is as this ruthless killer, right? And, And we're told this, and then we see him outclassed by a group of like millennial moped biker gang. You know what I mean? And then... You compare that to the scene at the beginning of this episode with Mando. Mando is cold and ruthless and chops these dudes in half without a second thought. And so I think that's where I'm having a hard time with this is because like they're doing a great job telling us about all this stuff, but we're not shown anything. And I think they need to do a better job. That's that's the difference between this episode and everything so far. And it seems like they've gone into a lot of exposition to describe what was happening in Boba's past, which is fine because we want to know. We want to know what's happening in Boba's past. But the problem I mentioned in our review of episodes one and two is it seems like there's no real connection between his past and his future besides him sleeping in a back to tank, which isn't enough for me. Like if if we're getting all this background exposition I want them to somehow connect to the to what's going on in the show right now. And for for so far, we haven't seen that yet. So I'm I'm a little and 
especially with the departure from the the direction the show was going with i don't think we're gonna come back to that i don't think we're gonna get to see that so that's a little bit of a bummer to me like as much as i love season or episode five of book of boba fett i think it kind of derailed what i wanted to see happen in this season i wanted to see them connect the dots and now they're just like oh now it's just gonna be a action-filled final two episodes with Mando and Boba Fett taking bad guys down, which is great. I do want to see that as well. But I wanted to see them just connect the dots between his past and his present, and it just, it's not working. So I think that's, I think that's where everybody else was all these first four episodes. And now I'm there because of episode five, unfortunately. So, um, you know, again, I can't complain because we're getting so much good Star Wars that, especially in this episode, that it kind of makes up for it. But you can definitely tell this is a filler yeah. show. It is. <laughs> we use filler <laughs> very tentatively on the Infinity Bros podcast. People get mad when <laughs> we say that, but it people get mad when we say filler. But it seems like this is a little bit of a filler show for Mandalorian. So that's and you know if that's what it is i'm still happy that we're getting it i'm still happy that we're getting boba fett you know like we're learning more about his past and stuff like that like it's still been a good show but is it as good as mandalorian which was by far our um i think it was 2020 stanley award winner for best tv show that year like it wasn't even close i think it was a unanimous number one for all of us um it's not it's not close and I I hate to say it, but I'm feeling that Book of Boba Fett might not be like a top five a bit of a for, flop. or top yeah. six for some of us this year. So, um, again, still loving it as a Star Wars fan, but it's definitely not up to par with The Mandalorian. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out in the next two episodes. But, um, yeah, I mean, we already mentioned ton of <clears throat> callbacks. Oh, by the way. I mean, amazing, amazing reference that I, I, again, this was, I didn't, didn't blow my mind, but it was just a really fun little reference. Mando gets back and she asks him how the ride was. And he simply replies, wizard. (laughs) Like I heard that and I was like, you gotta be joking me, wizard. (laughs) Out of all the words that you triggered so many nerds on the the internet with your TikTok. Oh my gosh. There's for those of you who are not big old Star Wars nerds, there's a lot of people that complain about Star Wars Phantom Menace for the child actors in that movie. Um, you know, the the kid that plays Annie, a lot of his friends, a lot of people really, really, really hate those parts. <laughs> a lot of people really do not like them, but one of his friends specifically uses the word wizard, which I was like I was floored when Mando said that. I was like, you got to be kidding me. That was amazing. Um, and I think actually <laughs> now that now that I've heard a lot about it, uh, the word wizard apparently is used in the High Republic's comics, which I haven't read. So apparently that's a thing, too. So it's a Star Wars universe thing. But again, it just shows the it shows the fan service that <clears throat> Filoni and Favreau are willing to go to and and maybe Bryce Dallas Howard maybe she had you know a little bit of hand in this as well so you know who knows if you ever watched 
interviews with Dave Filoni, he is the most like diehard prequel apologist. And like props to him. If anyone knows the Star Wars universe, it's that guy. And so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that he would pull this out. I have a lot of nostalgia for Phantom Menace as well. I, I think a lot of prequel haters put that at the bottom of their list for, you know, a lot of reasons. You know, number one, solely being like Jar Jar Banks is in that movie. <laughs> Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> but like the rest of that movie is not really that bad. OK, like it's it's better than people give it credit for. And in my opinion, Duel of the Fates is the best Star Wars lightsaber fight we've ever had. I think it's oh, the it's... best one. A lot of people would tell you that it's the Obi-Wan Anakin fight in um, in uh, what is it again? Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Um, but I think with the Duel of the Fates, the incredible John Williams score, that fight is by far the best one. So there you go. There's my two cents of a hot take that didn't need to be said in this episode. But but here we are. Also, hold on. I, I have to get on my okay. soapbox. All right, soapbox. Here we go. Soapbox it up, yeah. Jared. <laughs> Star Wars nerds are so ruthless for no they reason. They are. They are. And it, if I was ever offered a position in a Star Wars movie, I would 100% turn it down, which is surprising if you know me. But wait, like, wait, wait, wait. you look at. Well, okay, we have to we have to stop and say why, because I'm confused. Why would you say no? I would turn it down. And here's why. These people get like death threats. That's OK. Like, that's like true. People. Con- so Ahmed Best, who played, I, I, I think it's am I the poor guy? Yeah, no, 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 you're right. He plays he plays the voice of Jar Jar. Yeah. So this dude was so excited to be in Star Wars. And truth be told, Jar Jar sucks. Flat He's a out. bad character. But it's not his It's not it's his, not his fault. fault. Like, like, the poor guy has literally had death threats from playing Jar Jar. And it's that's so sad. So sad. Because, so George Lucas has the script ready. Let's just say it's completely done. Maybe, maybe this, I don't know how they write scripts and stuff like that. Sure. Let's say George yeah. Lucas wrote the whole script. It's already done. It's there. He's literally just casting dudes to play Jar Jar. Like, Ahmad Best did the literal best that he could at being Jar Jar. Like, everybody can quote Jar Jar. And that's a testament to Ahmad Best. I Like, he did as well as he could have. The character just didn't need to be there, basically, is what it comes down to. It's it's it comes down to the writing, which I mean, is a lot of Star Wars. Like it's it's not the actors. It's not um, Hayden Christensen's fault that he's a super annoying, whiny teenager throughout the prequels. That's just how he was written. And he played it as well as he could. So are we ready to have the Poe Dameron talk? (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, oh. okay. And you were you were still on your soapbox. So sorry. Continue your soapbox. No, you're good. I just. I think, and this is why I will say, Book of Boba Fett is not my favorite. Am I going to ever discourage people from watching it? No. I think there's a lot to be grasped from it. I think it gives a lot to the story. I'm just going to go ahead and say, you know, it's not my favorite. I'm not going to contact these people on Twitter and say, like, I hope you die in a grave. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, so sad. Grow up, people. It's a, it's, it's a TV show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People, yeah, people basing their lives and really it what it comes down to is like they just think they can't get repercussions from being a terrible person on the Internet. Like that's what it comes down to, because if they came face to face with a mod best, I guarantee you they would probably ask for an autograph. Like, you know, it's not like they actually hate him, but people are just terrible on the Internet. So, I mean, 
Yeah, you're totally right, though. Like, I feel like Star Wars is one of the more toxic fandoms out there for sure. And <laughs> for those of you guys who um, follow us on TikTok, you definitely will see what I mean. We, we posted a Star Wars um, TikTok about this episode and it actually kind of basically went viral, which, you know, I'm proud of. I'm mentioning it on the podcast and made sure you check that out at the Infinity Bros on, on TikTok. Um, but there is so many people who are trying to mansplain There's Star so Wars to me. And this this <laughs> yeah. TikTok, I, I thought it was pretty obvious that this TikTok is a joke. Like, I, I don't know. Did you, Jarrett, in your full opinion, did you feel like you thought this was a joke uh, no i mean immediately because we know we've seen childhood ninjar yeah right we know right. we know this is not the same person <laughs> but the internet yeah. was like listen here idiots <laughs> yeah the internet has has told me so many things from ranging <laughs> from no just straight like i yeah. think we've got like 15 comments that are just straight up no and then yeah. we've gotten a plenty of comments that are like oh the timeline doesn't match up from anywhere uh, from Din Djarin would be 60 years old to he's 130 years old, which obviously is yeah. completely inaccurate, by the way. I'm going to make a TikTok about that later. But, <laughs> but like, everybody is, like, just freaking out about this. And so I literally had to make a comment. I was like, guys, it's a joke. It's a joke, Star Chill Wars out. fans. Just laugh, move on with your day. And, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine. Move on with your day, you know? <laughs> like, do something else on TikTok. So, yeah, Star Wars fans are a little ridiculous. But we still we still love them. Most of them. Some of them we don't. The amount of salt on that video could fill oceans. I mean, we've been talking about it this whole episode. Episode 5 of Boba Fett is probably the best by far. Jarrett, go ahead and give us your rating and any final thoughts from this episode of uh, Book of Boba Fett. This is the... I think this is the only time I'm going to say this about this season, unless it really turns around. This is a five and a half out of six. I would give it a six if Boba Fett made a single appearance, <laughs> but it's a five. It's good. It's fantastic. It's not perfect. I think I'm I'm with you on that a little bit. Um, I'm going to give it a six out of six because of the amount of fan service that um, Dave Filoni, John Favreau, and Bryce Dallas Howard were able to pack into this episode while still making it a. <sighs> And this is this is why you gave it a 5.5, because really most of this episode is not relevant to Book of Boba Fett. Like this is literally an episode of Mandalorian that they kind of shoehorned into Boba Fett. You can cut out. No, here's the thing. You can cut out this entire episode because everything you need to know that she talks about at the end of episode happens at the end of exactly, last. episode. Exactly. Like he, the last 20 seconds of this episode, uh, Fennec Shand infiltrates her workshop which is probably not that difficult yeah. to do right <laughs> she gets in the workshop and shows up and is like hey we need your help 20 seconds and that's it we could have had that 20 seconds on the front of our next episode and you could have cut everything else out and it wouldn't have made a single difference at all they said okay just to, just to spin back around to it this is the difference between show and tell, right? They showed us, and this is one of the things that Boba Fett finally did right. They showed us that Mandalorian was coming into the series just with the music. I know a guy, we can get some muscle, play the music. 
they didn't have to tell us the whole like she explained to us what we've watched in the last four episodes <laughs> yep exactly I exactly so but much. because of the amount of stuff that they crammed it in this episode i i'm giving it a six out of six i think the previous four episodes of boba fett i would probably be around like 4.5 to 5 out of 6. Like I've enjoyed them quite a bit. They're cold. They're cold two and a half or three. Oh wow. <laughs> Dang, dude. Yeah. That is cold. I I the think that's only a disservice. I don't think it's that yeah. bad, but <laughs> that's rough. Oh my. Well, I'm glad you gave this one a 5.5 out of 6 though. Like it's so many people, like right. friends of ours on the internet, uh have been like I'm not interested in Boba Fett anymore. Like I watched a few episodes and it just it didn't grab my interest. Hop back in for this which, one. Which, yeah, you need to watch this one. <laughs> Even if you aren't caught up on Boba Fett, maybe just watch this episode and maybe you want to go back and watch the rest of it. Maybe you won't. I I, I can't really convince you to Probably go back not. and watch those, <laughs> but you need to watch this episode. It is a true testament to Star Wars by the creators of this show, and it is amazing. Six out of six for me. Um, and that... We'll conclude our review of episode five of Boba Fett. Jarrett, do you, anything you wanted to say to the Infinite Bros universe before we sign off here? We did a stream with uh, Aki and Peach last night or the night before. Was it last night? It was last night. night. That seems a that long time a long ago, weekend. wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so go check him out. He was a blast to yeah. have on. And we'll, um, we'll uh, export that to YouTube as well. If you missed out and you weren't able to um, hang out and stream, you'll be able to watch the stream on YouTube and we'll definitely be... Uh, posting a lot of clips from that as well so yeah that was an awful lot of fun he talked about uh avatar the last airbender which if you haven't seen it that was where dave filoni got his start not many people know that oh um, i didn't know that so go check nice. that out uh go watch clone wars rebels all this go watch mandalorian if you've made it this far and you haven't watched mandalorian or book of boba fett um props to you but yeah yeah okay Love and i will i will say if you have not watched, I mean, Jared already mentioned, if you have not watched Clone Wars or Rebels, I very, very strongly recommend you go and watch those now because it is going yeah. to start playing into main canon Star Wars at this point. Like, it, it always has been canon, but, like, it's always kind of been just, like, a side, like, you don't have to know any of that stuff. It's going to be more and more important to know the events of of... Uh, Clone Wars and Rebels as we especially as we go into Mandalorian history which we you know surprisingly found more out about in this episode so fantastic shows I think Rebels is one of the best animated TV shows like ever like Rebels is I, I really really like Clone Wars as well but Rebels is amazing so definitely need to go check those out Clone Wars took a lot longer to come into its own too like Clone Wars got significantly better as it went on. Rebels started out good and got excellent. Exactly, exactly. Spot on there, Jared. Well said. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Infinity Bros podcast. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Um, tune in to the Infinity Bros on Twitch and YouTube. You can check out theinfinitybros.com for all of your Infinity Bros needs. Get some sweet merch. Um, you know, be looking fresh uh, when you hop into the Infinity Bros Discord server. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So make sure you check out all those links. We love you, 3000. We will catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. 